This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio on 1160 AM, 103.1 FM, WMET, the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Sean Dalton with us today. Sean is the director of parish programming for the Augustine Institute. There's a lot of work with growing as in friendship with Christ, as disciples of Christ, and uh, and really helping live that out in parish life. Welcome with us today, Sean. Thanks, Father. It's a privilege to be here. So the Augustine Institute has been just thinking a lot about this. How did how did you get connected to Augustine Institute? Maybe you can speak a little bit about Augustine Institute in general for our listeners. You bet. Well, we're coming up on our 15-year anniversary here, August 15th, the Great Feast of Our Lady of the Assumption. And it was launched really with the inspiration of our, our president and founder, Dr. Tim Gray and Archbishop Charles Chaput and Dr. Jonathan Reyes and Dr. Sean Enners, they were all had participated in World Youth Day 1993 and kind of felt this calling to the new evangelization and felt that it should be here in Denver that they were going to collaborate on that. And that's, you know, it took some time after that to, for it to officially get launched in 2005, but it started as a, as a graduate school, a master's program in theology and scripture. And with seven students its first year, and now it's grown to over 450, I think, students now studying with us through both distance education and online here. And then when we wanted to develop the online program and develop the video production studio and things, that's when our leadership decided to try to utilize those resources to create programs for parishes. In fact, it was the Bishop's Conference that asked us to do something for RCIA, and that was really one of the first video-based studies that we produced called Symbolon. And so it's just grown from there. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit more about the vision of Symbolon and, and tell me more about the program itself. Well, Symbolon is hosted by Dr. Edward Shree. A lot of it is filmed on location in Rome. He's visiting various sites in Rome. It kind of sets up every episode. But really what it is, it's it's 20 episodes that is a systematic presentation of the faith. And it's done in a really visually stunning way and very clear catechetical presentation of faith. And it's really important because it's those hierarchies of truth, right, that catechetical documents talk about where they're foundational and they illuminate all the other teachings of the faith. So I've taken several groups of people through it. I've even taken a group of really well-formed men through Cymbalon. And even they were saying, oh my goodness, I never realized that. I didn't know that. I remember specifically, it was the episode on divine revelation. And they just hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, we have a revealed religion. <laughs> it's almost inconceivable, but that's what it was. And it, it goes back into our own history and how the faith was handed on to us, obviously. But it was such a powerful, enriching experience to go through this with a group of men and then to challenge them to go take another group of men through it. And there is something about just really engaging with faith. I mean, 
what Jesus Christ revealed, both in his person and whether it's the Trinity or God with us in the incarnation or this invitation to a life in him. where the, It's like you can never stop reflecting on it and realizing that these truths of faith are just life-giving. And the fact that we can get people to uh, to be engaged in this. Can you speak a little bit specifically about just your heart and love for helping people grow as disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ in the, in the fullness of the faith? Yes, well, and I'll make this brief, but it goes way back to 1991 when I was a college football player and I was invited to a evangelical Bible camp to be a summer counselor and some friends had invited me and I, you know, I really didn't know what to expect, but it was the first experience in my life where I was with a group of my peers who were enthusiastic about their faith in Christ, wanted to talk about it all the time, wanted to study scripture together. What and I had never experienced that before in my life, despite having grown up in the church and had K through 12 Catholic education. Faith sharing was just not a part of my experience. And I think most Catholics would say that, you know, I, I often talk about the comedian Jim Gaffigan, who jokes kind of about being a minimalistic Catholic, but he's really representative, I think, of, of most Catholics today. And he says, you know, as your, as your entertainer, I want to make sure that you're all comfortable. That's why I want to talk to you about Jesus. Right. And <laughs> that's right. goes 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 on to say, is there anything more uncomfortable when someone tells you they want to talk to you about Jesus? Even the Pope says, hey, freak, I keep work at work. And it's, he's pointing <laughs> to a reality that we as Catholics, for whatever reason, feel that our faith is private. It's something we don't talk about. And the problem with that is that's how the faith is handed on. That's how it's a lived experience is we're talking about what God is doing in our lives. We're talking about his revelation of love to us. And uh, it's like acquiring a language. You've got to be immersed in it. You've got to practice it. You've got to be exposed to native speakers. And part of my passion was after having that experience, I, I kind of really reevaluated my career goals and I declined my acceptance to dental school. I was supposed to be going into practice with my father and, and felt this call to youth ministry. And so I started out as a Catholic not really understanding my Catholic faith, working as a Protestant youth pastor for three years and wow. launching small group discipleship uh, in this church and learning, you know, how effective that model is. And then I, I kind of rediscovered my Catholicism and went and got a master's degree in theology and catechetics. And then just have been working in the church since in, in parish youth ministry and diocesan youth and campus ministry. And, and then I spent seven years with Focus. Fellowship of Catholic University students before coming here and uh, been here now for seven years. It, it is a fascinating, it's kind of like a this continual call to grow in your own faith, your knowledge of the faith and love for the faith, and then having enough, another level of confidence and comfortability with sharing it with others, or at least inviting others to be connected with that, to grow in their deeper understanding. Can you speak about a little bit about formed? I know formed is something that many people are familiar with, but not all parishes are familiar with. Uh, can you speak more about the resource that gives to the Augustine Institute? You bet. So when we started building these video-based studies, it started with Cimbalon, and then it was Why Disciple, which is kind of a small group catechetical model with adolescents. And then we developed some marriage prep materials and Beloved and Reborn for baptismal prep. And we we really wanted to bring the best, if you will, in terms of video production quality, cinematography, storytelling, particularly around sacramental catechesis, because this is, you know, central to who we are as Catholics, and, and God gives us his life through the sacraments. And so we wanted them to be very winning, very compelling, something that would cause people to 
think and to reflect and want to discuss with others. And then we just decided to put it up on a single platform. And then we had other folks come to us and wanted to partner with us and put their content on the platform. And now there's over 4,000 titles on, on the formed platform, whether it's video-based studies, whether it's movies, full-length feature films, documentaries, audio talks, you know, apologetic series, radio theater, audio books, and then we also have ebooks on there. So a parish can get a subscription and then make it available to all of their parishioners and, and beyond into their you know, parish boundaries and do outreach with it. And, and the, the newest program that I'm super excited about that's going to be going on the forum here in just a week or two is the search, which is an evangelization series like I've never seen. It's just so powerful. And it's it's going to, uh, hopefully when we get eyeballs on it, people are going to be moved and want to talk about it. And if the search really builds with those fundamental questions of the human heart, why am I here? Is there a God? How do you prove he exists? Has science disproven God? And, and it just builds up to who is Jesus? Is he who he said he is? And then the last episode is why a church? And so it's meant to really land people right at the doors of the church. And with this COVID and the pandemic and so many people feeling disconnected with the parish and really a lot of concern, are we going to get people back? I think this is going to be a powerful tool to help bring people back and bring new people into the church. It is interesting. I would, I mean, that would be the next, again, coronavirus and trying to get back my bearings with where are people and their ability to get together. Yeah, and what we're going to be encouraging people to do is is jump on Zoom, and but don't watch it together. You only have 45 mm-hmm. minutes on that free Zoom subscription. But let allow people to watch it in their own time, take some notes in their guide, and then when you do jump on Zoom, you can you can pray together, you can really discuss together, you can you can you can get prayer concerns from one another. And so I, I've been pleasantly surprised. I, I'm, I'm a small group guy in person, host in your home, offer hospitality. But I've been surprised that you can get some really good face sharing going over over Zoom. I, I had a men's group we were doing every Saturday morning, and I I looked forward to it just as the same, you know, as I did the meeting in person. So, right. I guess you know what the most effective is when it's like five people. Yeah, I find the Zoom for the larger groups not as effective. But Zoom no, for I about agree. five people where I have seen fruit where it's been helpful. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about more in depth about the search in our second segment. But one last word is, yeah, the number of people who I've met who are all in and really have been formed has been a great resource where, you know, there's just so much great material for growing in your own faith, sharing it with others. And I've seen people both, whether it's through the parish or individually, where formed has, has really been that resource. And every one of us needs to grow in faith. I, I remember six years in seminary. At the very end, they said, and now you're just beginning to grow in your faith the rest of your life, your knowledge of your faith the rest of your life after six, after six years. So well, let's no, uh, pause great. right now for, for a break, but we are blessed to have Sean Dalton with us. So director of Parish Program for the Augustine Institute. We'll be right back.
Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Five men will be ordained to the priesthood for the Archdiocese of Baltimore at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen, August 22nd. Originally set for June 20th, transitional deacons Zachary Crowley, Brendan Fitzgerald, Justin Goff, Evan Pontone, and Jeremy Smith had their ordination postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic. You can watch a live stream of the August 22nd ordination beginning at 10 a.m. at archbalt.org. Profiles and ceremony coverage can also be seen at catholicreview.org. Loyola University, Maryland, and Notre Dame of Maryland University, two neighboring Catholic colleges in North Baltimore, announced no undergraduate courses on campus for the fall semester and will offer remote learning to their students. Most graduate classes will also not be on campus. Jesuit Father Brian Lenane of Loyola and Mary Lou Yam of Notre Dame said the moves were prompted by continuing coronavirus concerns and campus safety. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. On the eve of the arrival of Tropical Storm Isaisis, the Gibbon Institute in the Archdiocese of Baltimore hosted a relatively dry pre-screening of the movie Fatima, August 3rd, at Benji's, Maryland's only drive-in movie theater. Fatima tells the story of the appearance of the Blessed Virgin Mary to shepherd children in Portugal. Originally slated for release in April 2020, the COVID-19 outbreak pushed back Fatima's release to August 28th in select theaters and on demand. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Protect your family and those around you by wearing a mask, maintaining social distance, and washing your hands often. From the virtual newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. You are listening to Catholic Review Radio on 1160 AM and 103.1 FM WMBT, the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. What a great blessing to have Sean Dalton here. Sean is the Director of Parish Programming for the Augustine Institute and really just engaging people with faith. And Sean, we were talking earlier specifically about uh, this new series called The Search because for most people, there comes a certain point where at what level are you taking ownership of your own faith? Can you speak a little bit about that, of just the necessity of that, that we should be doing it? And this happens to be one of the ways that we can uh, use to invite people to it. Yeah, well, I can say from my own experience and my own growing up and experience in the church and kind of drifting away and coming back, and from my work in youth and family ministry and, and also men's ministry, I think so many, probably the majority of Catholics have not been really guided through the searching faith stage, which we all need to go through. And when you look at the stages of faith development, when you're younger, it's, you know, experienced, and then it 
moves to kind of affiliative. I'm Catholic because my friends are Catholic. Everybody knows he's Catholic. And then in that adolescent time, when you're individuating, becoming your own person, you're capable of abstract thinking now, you're really beginning to question everything you were raised to believe. That's the time for the kind of dialogue and collaboration with adults where they're helping young people understand the meaning and purpose of their life and who God is and what he's calling them to and how reasonable our faith is. And and unfortunately, culturally, what we have going on is so many young people just do not have that kind of relationship with, with caring adults. It's not that adults don't care about them and love them, but most adults are performing roles. They're teachers, coaches, instructors, even neighbors, whatever it might be. But they rarely step out of that role and kind of seek first to understand and meet meet that young person where they can have the kind of dialogue about those transcendental questions. And so I, I firmly believe there's so many adults out there who have never been really through that searching faith stage, and that's why I'm very excited for a program like this, which is an evangelization series, but it starts with those kind of metaphysical questions that maybe people have not had the opportunity to really reflect upon. And because of the craziness around us and the constant messages we're bombarded with and the busyness of life, to sit back and say, what is the probability of my existence? And why am I here? And if there is a God, then that means every moment of my existence is sustained by his love and is charged with meaning. And that I do have a purpose. I do have a mission. And and then who is Jesus? Is he a legend, a liar, a lunatic, or is he who he said he is? And why did he start a church? And how relevant is that for my life? And why would I need a church? And so those are really important questions for people to work through before they get into tenets of the faith, if you will. So I think it's fascinating because a lot of people have the temptation to say, well, faith is just blind. And what you're articulating, what you're sharing is that actually (laughs) the Catholic Church does it very well with engaging questions of faith and Colonel Newman has a famous phrase that says, a thousand questions doesn't equal one doubt. Yeah, that thousand questions, the, the fact that to be engaged in a living way, especially through the series, and and even more importantly, maybe, both for an individual to be engaged, but to invite others to also be engaged, that, that this kind of the sense of discipleship, of reaching out to other people, what, what's your experience of that, of just in general, seeing the gift you shared with the people who have reached out to you, what's your experience, things like in men's ministry and other ministries where a program like the Search, this, this outreach can be used effectively in, in these places? Well, first of all, I would I would say that in my experience, I have come to believe that evangelization is is really simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. simple in the sense that what we see in the in the Bible, whether it's the Gerasene demoniac, for example, and Jesus delivers him, heals him, and freaks everybody out, right? And and the demoniac wants to jump in the boat with Jesus. He says, "No, I need you to stay here, and I need you to go tell people what I did for you." So what did he do? He goes back into the town and says, hey, can I just tell you the difference Jesus made in my life? And then when Jesus comes back, the same group of people who wanted him gone, now they're all coming out to meet him. Now they want to hear from him. Or the the, the you know woman at the well, that she does the same thing, right? She goes back into the town. Can I tell you the difference Jesus made in my life? And so that that's how simple it is because it's in those relationships that we have with people that where a, a level of trust is already there just to have the courage, can I tell you the difference that Jesus has made in my life? And I am passionate about evangelization. 
And I have yet to do this with my neighbor. I've been kind of building up to this. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to get the courage because I know he's ready for it. He's pretty radical. I would call him a spiritual progressive. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's, uh, he's kind of thinks that God's in all things. He's pantheist in the way he thinks. But he's been so intrigued in our conversations and the witness of my family. It just takes courage. So here's a guy who's worked for the church all these years, and if I struggle to muster up the courage, I can't imagine, <laughs> you know. And and but if we can be inspiring one another to do so, then we're going to see God move in people's hearts, and that's when it gets really exciting. That's when our parishes start coming alive. When when the lost start coming to our parishes, it's just they bring a whole new energy, a whole new zeal. So that's on that level. But the second thing I would say is we were made in from communion, communion of three persons, an eternal exchange of life and love within the Blessed Trinity, and we're made for communion. And so just getting together with people and practicing empathic listening in a small group and just really trying to seek first to understand from their perspective, throwing faith onto the table to talk about the difference that it makes in our lives, having some prayer together, support and encouragement, that, that's a transformative environment. And so you'll notice most of the materials that we're creating here that accompany our video-based studies, the guides, they have a format of connect, discuss, commit. Connect is ways that we're going to get to know one another at a deeper level. Discuss is questions to engage our critical thinking around this. And commit is, okay, how are we going to respond? What's the call to action as a result? And so, um, you know, whether that's in, uh, you know, a group, two people, three people, five people, ten, it gets a little bit too big. But, you know, that's a powerful environment for transformation. And it it is interesting because, like you said with your neighbor, sometimes it takes an invitation that here you have a relationship with them and, and, and they can say no. (laughs) <laughs> and it's right. one of those, I have a friend of mine, he's very good. It's like, I, I pray for very particular people, you know, people I'm in contact with, and I leave it to the Lord, and I'll invite people, and they can say, no, I'm just keep praying for them, and just keep being their friend, and reaching out to them, and just, just engaging them at whatever their level of comfortability, but the fact is, the Holy Spirit is working, and maybe it's, <laughs> maybe he's waiting for you, he's already prepared the other person, and sometimes it's oh, like, hey, do you want to so come over, to uh, tonight we're watching something, yeah. I'm so glad you said that, Father. And I, I'd love to see someone like you, a priest who's just wants to set the hearts of fire on his parishioners to go and be great commission Catholics, right? To do a friendship evangelization challenge, which is, okay, take out a business card, write down the name of three friends who you're close to, and commit to praying for them every day that the Holy Spirit would give you an opportunity to invite them to faith in Christ or something like that. Uh, intercessory prayer will pave the way, and we just forget about that. The Holy Spirit's going to do the heavy lifting. We just have to have a little bit of courage. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the fact ultimately it's God's work in the end, and how many graces were answered from prayers that I think in my own life just that I never knew about, that I had, uh, you know, dramatic changes in my life, and it's like, where did that come from? Well, the grace of God, but also through the prayers of others, and these are graces that God can use us and God wants to use us, which is which is always very encouraging. It mm-hmm. is uh, the fact of some ownership. I also t- talk a little bit more about where you've just seen how just one person invited another person can multiply, kind of the multiplying effect of discipleship. Yes, well, I, I, when I was with Focus for seven years. They, that, that's a key uh, strategy that they train the missionaries and the student missionaries is just 
if you get a couple and you invest in them deeply and and give them an expectation that they're going to do the same for for uh, two others and that just grows generation after generation unbroken that's that is a strategy to reach the world and it's a it's really is a discipleship model because you can't give what you don't have so you invest in someone and now they're in a position that they can give and i i love the idea especially we're going to be kind of throwing this challenge out when we launch the search here is imagine if you just take five people through the search and again you, you create that expectation they have a guide so they're going to feel equipped and empowered to do this for another group of five and so hey you know be not only be faithful be fruitful this is my father's glorified that you bear much fruit jesus tells us so go take another five people invite them within your sphere of influence and if they'll do the same, and if we're just committed that we're going to take a group of five through, that's 14 generations of that will reach 8 billion people. So we really do have a, a strategy to reach the world. Now, it's not that clean, I understand, and we're dealing with the human heart, but but we know God wants this more than we do. So, you know, that, that I think sometimes it helps to think of it in that way as opposed to launching some kind of big program and getting people through, you know. It's just this mustard seed principle that just kind of start small and grow big. And there is something, maybe those are two really good words as we close, faithful and fruitful. Like to really challenge ourselves to a deeper relationship and, and finding commitment to growing in our love and knowledge of Jesus Christ and the fullness of the faith and then inviting others. So what a great blessing, Sean Dalton, for, with the Augustine Institute, Director of Parish Programming. Many blessings on your ministries, many, many blessings on the good work of Augustine Institute, and learn more about the search. Go uh, look up information online. What a great blessing. So I'm Father Brian Nolan. Thank you for coming, Sean, and for Catholic Review Radio. May God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.